1: Right. These are this is
3: huge. This right, is a kid right. from Memphis right. that now everyone's like, I want your designs, I want your suits.
4: Right. Yeah, um, I mean it was just it was just being involved, you know, just going for it saying like man it should be cool to do it was just like man it sure would be cool to do all the masks for this party. <laughs> and then it just happened. You know, it's like man, it should be cool to, to for Oprah to like like these masks, and then she puts it on her. Favorite uh, Yes, right. Yeah. that's like, yeah, wild. So, it's is really just like thinking that you could. Um, that's it, just put on energy, you know, like, okay, I think this could happen. Let me get involved in that. You know, let me find out who I need to talk to, how I can put this in front of this person so that they see that this really is, you know, where it should be going
3: you're listening to money moves powered by greenwood a finance podcast dedicated to dropping all the knowledge and gems from the world's leading celebrities entrepreneurs and experts in tech business and more i'm your host angel investor technology enthusiast and media personality tanya sam each week we talk with guests who are making significant strides in their fields and learn how they are making their money move if you're someone who's looking to make your money move you're in the right place So open up your notes app and lock us in because this podcast will give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance you so rightly deserve. Before we start the episode, I'd like to remind you to check us out at gogreenwood.com and follow us on social media at Greenwood and me on all things social at It's Tanya Time to stay locked in to new episodes. So you started with the two piece sort of athleisure, fly leisure suits, if you will. Um, and they're, I mean, they're beautifully, impeccably made y'all from tabs, you know, and combining oh, yeah. these like high end pieces of suiting and tailoring into a fly leisure suit and then deciding how did you price them and how did you know that you, that this would be a market fit for people?
4: Uh, I just looked at, you know, the guys who were really doing it in that space. I was looking at like Tom Ford, I was mm-hmm. looking at, you know, Zinya, I, I was just hitting up all the big guys that I knew you know men trust their product it's a luxury product and um it's like can i put together a product that's of equal quality and that you know stands out just you know has its own vibe i thought i could so i just you know try to price myself in that space and as i saw the market you know growing then i would increase my prices accordingly yeah
3: I mean there's something really interesting as well like when we look at the fashion industry as a whole when you look at black luxury fashion designers right. there's not a lot no there's not a lot we're good at streetwear I'm yeah. telling you especially in LA there's tons of streetwear that are making some fantastic collections mm-hmm. but to set yourself up here and to sort of really dominate in the luxury area you know because we know like black people are consumers we love fashion we love game we we wear it um how did you take over this market what was the pivotal piece where you know rich fresh was really out there and your designs were being put um and paid for in the market
4: um well i mean day one you know i was real i was real good about making sure everybody paid from day one Mm. just because you know like if i start giving away i'm not i'm gonna lose respect for it Talk you know, about and, this because
3: people we want people want free they're like yeah. let me put you
4: on yeah it's like you know if i if i give you something for free you might put that shit on the floor you know but if you spend this money for it you're gonna put it in the closet where it belongs you know so it's like this is not this is what i you know i've, I've spent the majority of my life learning how to be good at a certain mm. thing i'm not gonna give you that for free just because you cool just because you got a tv show you know, you need what I do. Shit, you don't want to get the money for it. Or I'm gonna give it to you for free. I don't know what This so, is
3: such a this is a huge conversation. I feel like because and this is why I'm so glad to have you here because people look at what you do and you have right. dressed everybody. Right. You know, it was the pandemic. It was COVID. You know, I, I think basketball just restarted and you would see people walking out of the tunnel mm-hmm. in your suits and. The question is, do you give it away for free or do you stay tight to your beliefs, your values and go, you're going to pay for this? And that's something really interesting because people think that the influencers have the power. So what you've done is really kind of special.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, at the same time, the influencers do have the power. It's just, you know, what your business model is. You know, if if I was, um, like right now, I'm working on my ready to wear. So I'll be launching that in the very near future. Everything I do right now is custom. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make sense for me to give away something. That has to be made from scratch. Mm-hmm. If it's something that I have made ready to wear, it's just readily available. Then you know it's just it's, it's a different conversation. But when I was first starting, um, it was just straight up custom. So I was like, I know a lot has to go into this. I have to make sure that you know that clients pay for it.
3: So how'd you get your first couple of clients?
4: Just um, on uh, social media, just you know putting putting up some fly things on social media. You know, I I make something really nice. Take a photo of it, put it out.
3: And did anyone know you? Because I think the question everyone always asks, and people ask me this all the time, how'd you get followers? How'd you get this? But was it the product that spoke to itself? Or did you yeah. already have, like, cool friends?
4: I mean, uh, I, I I had, like, a little baby following. Um, just because, I mean, even when I was doing tailoring before retresh, mm-hmm. I was still cool. So, hey, hey, hey. you know, <laughs> um, and, you know I, I just had little things that I would do. So I had, like, a little small following. So when i did rich fresh i had a few people who were like there already yeah they were there to critique it they were there to champion it um and as it got tighter it just like grew it just i think when i started rich fresh i had five thousand followers you know wow. like it was nothing it was nothing yeah. substantial yeah um maybe have been more but it was like nothing substantial uh but you know you just do something consistently and people start to check it out they're like oh damn i like that boom here's the process here's how much it costs Proof of concept, you delivering goods, you know, and just staying staying out there. Um, you know, one day, you know, one of the DMs was from someone who was famous. You know, and then Wow, it's a
3: slide into the DMs.
4: Yeah, story. like a lot of them are just DM stories, but it's just like I'm seeing this person consistently doing something that looks really nice. Yep.
3: Consistency. And,
4: you know, I'm reading through the comments, no one's like, Yo man, what was that? Uh so Maybe I should, you know, let yeah. me give this guy, guy uh, a, a shot. And he's fresh, you know. Like it'd be one thing if, if my shit wasn't nice, but it's like, oh man, this guy's actually—he's fresh. Like he wears the stuff well; it looks nice. Let me try it. So that was really it. And it was just doing that enough, over and over and over, to really develop like a larger following and a yeah. reputation.
3: You know, you said a lot there. It's like the power of just being consistent, showing people what you're doing. But also, you know, as you look through the comments. There was none of this. Oh, where's my stuff? It didn't wow. turn out, or it was crap. Like that wow. consistency. People don't understand. Like your Instagram is a calling card, even if you have five followers, five thousand, five hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. But you have to give people that authenticity and consistency. And I think you've done an excellent job of doing that, mm-hmm. and also delivering like a product that is sub prime.
4: Thank
3: you very much. Or over prime, whatever <laughs> it is. Um, I, I want to talk a bit about the business, because it's one thing to be a creative and, and be able to make beautiful things, but it's also another thing to operate a business. And you've shown this time and time again. And there's also a great thread to your story about being able to create Henry Mask. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Henry Mask took off during the pandemic. It was a beautifully sculpted, origami mask that you saw on all the NBA anyway, players, yeah. just everyone. We were all scrambling for masks. How did that start?
4: That was just... Um you know, me and my brother being here and, um, you know, just having some time on our hands because, you know, everything was a, a bit of a standstill. And um, I was just answering, I was like responding to a need. I needed to to make some clothes. So I needed to reopen my factory and bring my tailors in. And I needed to put masks on them because I wanted to make sure no one got sick. We couldn't find any masks. And it just it, it, it bothered me because I was like, "It's just fabric, right? What do you mean you can't find masks?" Yeah, it was such a
3: crazy time. Yeah. Like it was a crazy time. There were no masks, there and they no were masks. kind of, you know, you see people making homemade ones, yeah. but yours were beautiful and yeah. comfortable.
4: Yeah, very comfortable. So that was really. It was just like shit. Well, I'm a tailor. I, like I can design some masks and put them on, you know, my staff. It's all good. And after I did that. People saw it and was like, oh, man, those are cool. Could you make something for my business? And so it kind of grew small like that. And then um, one day I I just like I had this idea to change the shape of it to the origami shape. And, um, you know, give it to the general public as like a subscription model. Um, And that was it. I just, you know, I just kind of saw it. I told my brother, I told, um, you know, the guy that was like operating the business. And uh, we just made the change and overnight How it many was a masks
3: win. do you think you've sold?
4: Millions. Millions um, of masks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Millions of masks. Yeah. And how much, what's the price point of those
4: masks? I mean, you know, like the price point is very because, you know, we were doing um, some that were like custom.
3: Yeah.
4: And some that were like volume. So um, on Amazon, like they would sell like $17 yeah. a mask. But you know, if someone's doing like a big custom order, it might be as little as like five, six dollars a mask.
3: I mean, just in millions of masks, you sort of changed the shape and face of masks, and then you started to get some big custom deals. The NBA was mm-hmm. buying your masks. Yep, yep. Um, how did how did you negotiate those partnerships? Because this is the other side, like. Again, I love and respect the fact that you're a creative, but you also are an excellent businessman. You have an eye, you go after it, and you, as you said earlier, you were like, "Listen, I just need to be about it and make make the big money moves." How did you negotiate those big contracts so that you can sell millions of masks?
4: Well, honestly, like a lot of the volume just came from. The subscription model, mm-hmm. the way it was just built, it was just, there was always an influx of, I think of I'm boys.
3: still on that subscription
4: model. Uh, very good, very good. <laughs> yeah, we all still need managers, you got to travel. Um, but you know, when all these deals would come up, it was just being involved. It was just like, okay, let's hop on the guy with the, you know, on on a call with the director and just lots of calls with the entire team. You just see like a bunch of people's faces and people just chiming in and talking until you, you know, until you find the magic, like, oh here's the real opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Oh, here's how we can take this opportunity to do the most with it. Or, you know, here's how we should tweet the opportunity. And not every opportunity was one that, that we that we jumped on, but we mm. were just getting involved. You know, when, when people uh, communicated that there was some interest or what we saw an opportunity, we just found the person to talk to say, hey, here's who we are here's what we do. Here's proof of that, you know, and we like an opportunity. And that was that, you know, like Oprah... It was so many things. Like you know, we did Obama's party. That was huge. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah, we did Obama's party. <laughs> so like the president of the United States and everybody that traveled with him was wearing our masks. This is the Oprah. Know, These right. are this is huge. This right, is a right, kid right. from Memphis right. that now everyone's like, I want your designs. I want your suits.
4: Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was just it was just being involved. You know, just going for it, saying like, man, this would be cool to do. It was just like, man, sure, be cool to do all the masks for this party, <laughs> and then it just happened. You know, it was like, man, sure, be cool to, to for Oprah to like like these masks, and then she puts it on her uh, favorite place. Yes, right? Yeah, it like, and it's wild. So it's really just like thinking that you could, Um that's it. just put on energy and you know, like, okay, I think this could happen. Let me get involved in that. You know, let me find out who I need to talk to, how I can put this in front of this person so that they see that this really is, you know, the they should be going.
2: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says,
1: somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs)
2: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
0: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
3: Do you think, you know, you talk about Oprah, do you talk about this, when you go back to like, you know, being a kid in Memphis, did you just think that you were going to live this blessed and charmed life?
4: Yeah, at some point, because I mean, um, I always was a hustler, like I was always entrepreneurial since i was 19 so um i knew that if i put in the work one day it was going to happen like for a long time it was not happening it was not as comfortable of an existence but i was like you know if i quit then that's that but if i continue in this i'm going to learn some things i'm going to grow and at some point i'm going to reap the benefits of it mm-hmm. and um that was it was just you know they say stay down till you come up. you know it was just that mm-hmm. just like Working and grinding, believing it like I deserve some nice shit. So if I put in the work, it's bound to be there at some point.
3: Yeah. Okay, let's go back to like how you price this, you know, mm-hmm. because you also, I mean, it's a commodities business. You've got to buy the fabric, you've got to buy the tools. Like, how did you learn that aspect of the business and knowing how you could also run the profits? You know, reduce waste so right. that you could be as streamlined as possible, and like bring home as much money as possible. It's a tough thing. It's
4: very difficult. Um, and I mean, you know, I'm, I'm still learning it. It's just trial and error. Just um, having experiences and knowing like what something cost you at one point, and you know what what that margin looked like. Mm-hmm. And then at a different point, what does the same thing cost me? What's that margin look like? I'm either making money or I'm losing money. Right. So if I'm making more money, cool, what did I do to make more money? Let me apply that somewhere else. If I'm losing money, how did that happen? You know, did, did my cost of, of the materials go up? Did my cost of labor go up? Like what happened? And then just, you know, just trying to manage all those changes. Um, so, you know, that that all comes into like the pricing. Cause you know, like there's, there's inflation everywhere. So there's inflation mm-hmm. with materials, labor costs, um, everything just you know inflates over time, so you have to follow it, or you you know you can price yourself out of your profit. Um, and I've I've never been afraid to price my stuff. You know, if I believe something's worth ten thousand dollars, look you right in your face and say ten thousand dollars.
3: Take it or leave it.
4: Yeah, and it's like you know if you don't feel the same way, then that's what. Because I'm telling this to you, I thought that's what you want. I'm not going to buy it, but I'm telling you what I think it's worth based on this, this, that, and the other. And you know, and I, I just always back it up. So I never had a problem with it. So um, but you know, I don't I'm not trying to charge someone twenty thousand for something I know is only worth three. Yeah. I don't want it I want it to be like a real value. And it's something I can like stand behind. If I say this it is what it is, I feel comfortable with it.
3: What's the most expensive suit that you've made?
4: Um
3: I wanna know the money price uh, so I can aspire.
4: I mean the most expensive suit, it was it was a few different factors. It was like the time that it needed to be done in, mm. some you know, it was a bunch of extra stuff that was probably done, um, materials. Um, I can't remember the exact price, but I know like there have been several, like well over fifteen thousand. You know, yeah, yeah, which is it's pretty, that's pretty damn expensive for a garment. Yeah, but you know, people need things for big, red carpet, you know, scenarios or just whatever. <laughs> I when you gotta have it, and you want it to be right, like you just and you
3: know you need to look at I mean, yeah, you've you, done some you of the top up. celebrity weddings. You've done Grammys. Yeah. You've done inaugurations. Yeah. Everything you've done movies. Yes. So I know I'm driving down L. A. You would see um, Kevin Hart. You know was basically the whole team right. in the show. So talk about negotiating those. Like how does that work? Does the stylist show up? You know, how do you how would a designer get their get their wares on celebrities? And do you feel like this has been majorly impactful in blowing up your brand? Or is it a take it or leave it?
4: Yeah, I think it's been huge. Um you know I, I really built it on the backs of these cool celebrities that I had access to. Like before I had any celebrities, I was calling myself a celebrity tailor mm-hmm. because I just reasoned one day like I need a massive amount of eyeballs in order to grow the range of the brand. Mm. Not even about so much growing the customer base, but just growing the range of the brand. How many people recognize this as a thing? Yeah, I could do this myself with my limited audience or you got 2 million people that follow you. We could do something like that but it wasn't like let me give you this thing for free so I can get some followers. Like no, I'm sol- <laughs> I'm solving a problem for you. Yes. You need to look a certain way. You're gonna go and pay someone at the mall
3: and look like the same you average know? Joe that's wearing the same mall suit. Yeah,
4: it probably won't fit you right. So I'm solving a problem for you, and I'm gonna win some extra at the same time. It's all good. So, um, you know, I really think that being able to tap in with celebrities is huge because it just gives you this instant validation. Mm-hmm. Like oh so-and-so's wearing them, you know, it must be, uh, cool. Um, how I got a lot of those again, it's just social media and DMing, just like finding the stylist saying, here's who I am. Here's what I do. Here's how I think I can be a value to what you have going on. And then boom, and you just put it out there and, you know, it doesn't always come around. Um, but when it does, you know, you just got to really put your best foot forward. You know, I always believe in like a first impression being as good as humanly possible. Um, just letting people know oh, this is what you can expect when you do this with me and that was it and you know i did that um and you know like your reputation matters you know what i'm yes. saying like word word travel so when you do good work for people they're connected they're gonna tell someone else yo so-and-so do really good work you know um and the opposite is also true if your reputation is not yep. up to par so it was just a combination of that like being aggressive and having a you know a good name um really helped grow my status among celebrities. And then, yeah, it just grew my status amongst people who look at celebrities like celebrities. Yeah.
0: They want to know what they're
3: wearing.
4: Right.
3: Put put on that fit. Mm. Okay, let's go more into your creative side. Do you have a muse? Like, what inspires you on a daily basis, monthly basis?
4: Yeah. um, So, I mean, I do have a muse. Uh, My girlfriend is actually my muse. So, you know, I I do some women's wear and... um, you know, I really base a lot of that off like what what I think would look nice on her, or, you know, just, just like projecting clothes onto her. Uh, but as far as men's, as the men's clothes go, it's just like what I think guys should be wearing at any point in time. Yeah. You know, like I see what everyone looks like and it's just asking myself, you know, how would I contribute to this? Like, how could I change this thing? I would do this. I would do that. OK, do it and then show it mm-hmm. and then let people follow it.
3: Okay, you also are launching a ready-to-wear line. Tell us a little bit about that and how you've been able to incorporate that into your, you know, high-end luxury tailoring.
4: Well, it's been real, like under wraps. I haven't been very um, uh, vocal about it, um, but yeah, I've been working on the ready-to-wear since 2021, um, which is gonna, you know, it's gonna include some really nice tracksuits, but also like some luxury sneakers. Oh, so, like, we're just going all into the space um so we just Ooh. been oh, was and
3: dresses ladies i'm a fan i'm a big retro there's dresses in there right. so there's right. a lot of different pieces for people All
4: right um but yeah just like really stepping into that athleisure space like you know let's, let's let's be an actual player here um so that's what we're working on still got a few more months to go okay but hopefully you know by the time the summer really kicks in we'll have some rich fresh out in the world
3: Ooh, i like yeah. it and as you close your eyes and dream about what this looks like in five ten years mm-hmm. where are we what planet are we on what galaxy is rich fresh in
4: it's definitely its own galaxy mm-hmm. you know it's um it's just something that just became something you know there's stores it's you know it's just it's a it's a constant it's just like we have so many brands that are just constant. Mm-hmm. You don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. They're just there. Rich Fresh should feel like that. It should just feel like it's just always been there in that space. You know, just taking ownership of that luxury athleisure space.
3: Yeah. What are your thoughts on just the fashion industry in general? Is it something that has been very welcoming to you? Do you feel like it matters? It's the big uh-huh. wigs in, are they gatekeeping? Like. How does it feel now that you've had this success? People are wearing your stuff.
4: Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's always some level of, of, of gatekeeping. Um, I'm sure. But, you know, like maybe I could benefit from some of those relationships behind the gate. I just really haven't cared enough mm-hmm. about it. Um, but, um, you know, I think fashion, you know, the fashion industry as a whole has been rather, you know, inviting. And they've been, you know, um, very out about, you know, supporting something that's cool and something that's new. Like, you know, when I do something well, I don't get the silent treatment. Mm. You know, I do get someone saying, man, that was impressive. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, 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 I can't say that I'm not getting any love. Um, but I just haven't quite positioned the brand in such a way to really benefit from all the love. Mm -hmm. So once we do this ready to wear properly, then we'll really be able to gauge the love that's really out there for the brand.
3: Is that because it will be available to a wider market? You could go after stores and the luxury stores because right now, okay, all right, good. All right, well, I I mean, I'm a supporter. I I got the dollars to back it up. Of course. Um, Last but not least, can you talk Bit about like the future of fashion right now mm-hmm. do you think it is designers like yourself you know i know i see rich fresh as being like one of the big houses mm-hmm. in the future but is there anything that we should be paying attention to that's happening in fashion that we might not be aware of
4: i mean you know i don't follow fashion too tough but um i do know there are a lot of cool designers that are coming into the game it's a lot of um you know cool materials a lot of sustainability mm. so just a lot so just you know any, in any new way that you can impact the, the industry is important. You know, some people impact the industry by the colors that they use or by the materials or by the designs or all these different things. And all of it's relevant, you know, like whatever you do that you think would be unique in the space, just come in and and, and present it. And um, I found that people really love fashion. So yeah. even things that don't really make sense, like you Every product will find an audience. I yeah, really believe that. That is
3: so true. You
4: know, so <laughs> good, you, bad,
3: the ugly, it's all it matter. If in the eye of the beholder, right?
4: So, if you have something good, you know, go for it.
3: As we close out this, can you give our Money Moves audience some advice for aspiring fashion designers? I know that they have been inspired by your words, your journey, where you are. You've held tight to, you know, the aesthetics and. um what you've really done with this brand. Do you have any parting words for how aspiring designers can make it?
4: Yeah, I mean, just um, aspiring designers, just keep aspiring, Yeah. keep hustling, um, make your product, wear your product, sell your product, just be obsessed with your product. Do
3: you wear your product every day?
4: Every day. Yeah, I just decided a long time ago, like, I'm not spending money to buy somebody else's stuff so I can wear it out and people can compliment it so they can go and give Ooh. money back to them. Like, no, I make cool stuff too, but you're not going to see it if I'm wearing anybody else's stuff. So like I've been very, this is my shirt, this is my jacket, this is my pants, you know? So I'm very big on like wearing the products that I represent. This is what I do. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, if more designers take that type of approach, you know, they'll see a different, uh, level of success with their brand you know yeah. people will see it as a brand they'll, they'll start to respect it
3: what does your closet look like i feel like uh-huh. this is a question women get asked all the time Like, what does your closet look like
4: i got a lot of clothes i got a storage unit that got even more clothes like i got so many clothes in storage um but yeah it's it's just a lot of nice suits and track suits uh but you know i honestly I, on a day-to-day i probably wear a lot of black mm-hmm. um you know, to just chill, just get work done, but I do reserve some pops of color for a rare occasion when I got to, you know, pull up and be stylish.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Wow. Y'all, what a great, great interviewer of Money Movers. That's almost all the time we have for to have certainly blessed us with pops of color. Your design is impeccable. Your tailoring is literally out of this world. I want to make sure that all of our money movers know where they can be garbed in your Mm -hmm. incredible design. So please share with us where they can find your designs, where they can purchase them Mm -hmm. and follow you on social media.
4: Yeah. So the brand is rich, fresh. The website is just like it sounds. Um, and the Instagram is also just like it sounds. And that's the world. So you can go there, check out, you know, what I'm working on, what I have worked on, um, and I got some big things on the way. So you know, stay tuned.
3: Well, thank you, Rich Fresh. And if $3,000 is out of your price point, stay tuned for the ready to wear. I think that's a little um, little lower price point for some people to maybe get in. But I always said, and my dad always used to say this to me, like, you just need one good suit and you can conquer the world. So sometimes that's your best investment to put your best foot forward. So thank you so much, Rich Fresh. Keep doing what you're doing. Looking forward to watching you change the face of luxury fashion. So thank you so much for your time today. And Money Movers, that's all the time we have for today. Make sure you tune in every week to the Money Moves podcast, where we will give you the keys to financial stability, wealth, and abundance
6: you so rightly deserve.
3: Hey, Money Movers, tune in next week for a new episode.
6: Well, everything that we've done was because our clients have asked for it, because there's a need for it. Because they didn't have funds. Okay. We figure out a way for them to get funding. They didn't have access to a studio space we figured that out and then all these amazing projects were just sitting on a shelf or they were getting small distribution and making no money so we decided all right we can do this because then we're not only serving the artists we will be serving the Latino audience right and really be able to expand and grow so for us it's all been a lot of faith a lot of putting a foot in front of the other and just having a very deep commitment to inclusion and diversity especially listen we're parents we have kids we want our kids to see themselves represented yes. in a different light right they turn on the tv and they can see themselves as superheroes that's what fuels us Yeah, uh, we've learned a lot though there's a lot that we didn't know how do that's, you fundraise that's for a business entrepreneurship sort of been figuring stuff out because what we're doing is so unique yes it's yeah. very outside it's territories. exactly it's very outside what's been done so a lot of the traditional hollywood model doesn't get it and we understand yeah. and we knew starting this that it was going to be a big big job but we're just committed to getting it done
3: thanks for listening to today's episode if we helped you make your money move please share it with your community subscribe and leave us a review on iHeartRadio and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Greenwood and visit us at gogreenwood.com for more financial tips. And remember, Money Movers, if this were easy, everyone would do it. So take the lessons you've learned from this episode and apply it to your life. Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media, Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure to tune in Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and subscribe to the Money Moves podcast powered by Greenwood so that you too can have the keys to financial freedom you so rightly deserve.
5: Until next time.